Welcome back to the Heads in the Game podcast. It is transfer deadline day. Deals have been rolling in all day. Turner is happy. I'm a little bored because, you know, Chelsea got their business done a long time ago. So we're just letting the driftwood leave the club. Uh, We'll talk about that later. But it was also an insane weekend of English soccer. Probably one of the more insane, most insane I've ever seen. Uh, every game felt like it was nuts. So we've got so much to talk about. But first things first, dive right in. It'll probably, like we're recording this at right before five on transfer deadline day. So the deal might come in while we're talking. But it does appear that Arsenal are going to get their man, Thomas Party. They've apparently triggered his buyout clause. He's on the move from Atletico Madrid to Arsenal. Turner, you've been talking shit about this all summer. And it I'm not gonna say it's been a roller coaster of emotions for you. So talk me through what you've been feeling today as the news has come in. Uh yeah. I mean today was crazy. Uh I I think the past week all of us uh were hoping that our was possibly gonna fall through um but it was clear that there was like a 12 to like like 10 million in 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 like the dispute between the two clubs in terms of the final price and you just felt if arsenal couldn't produce those 10 million the 10 million that was needed to sign him that was it i, I genuinely like what was frustrated me this entire window is all these fan accounts all these twitter accounts that i follow um, who, you know, they, they criticize a lot of us for being too critical, but, you know, the entire transfer window, they, they kept saying, uh, and the only, w- like, the only way I'll be happy is if I see Party and Awar come to our club. Like, and just like these ridiculous statements that just left me so frustrated because if you know Arsenal at all, at all, that being able to splash a hundred million on two midfielders, especially with what's going on, was just the most, absurd statement I had ever heard so I, I as every Arsenal fan has probably felt um with the the window lasting so long and party being essentially our target on day one uh and us never you know we, we always knew what this situation was he has released clause Atletico wants to pay it if we don't pay it um you know he uh he uh he we won't get we won't get our man so uh we, we all knew that and I was in I refused to believe that we were going to get him. Then there was a Torreira deal, if we could get something, uh, or if his price could be lowered with Torreira. But I just didn't think that was going to work out either way. And so I went in today with the news that uh, Awar's replacement, according to the Arsenal board, was Jorginho. And I was about to cry my eyes out um, at the idea that uh, possibly my least favorite player on Chelsea, one of them, I mean, Mason Mount always, always, always gets up there. But like not only the, my least favorite player, but like just how he play. Like he's just not. He's just not. I don't even. I don't rate him in any way, shape, or form. For that to be dismissed, and then additionally, additionally, uh, for us to somehow splash the cash um, and get. And well, I mean, again, I don't want to talk too soon, but he's. But apparently, he's already completed his London, his London medical, um, and he's making a lot of money. I mean, this dude. I think his wages are two hundred sixty thousand pounds a week, which makes him, I think, the third now behind Ozil uh, and Bomb. Issue. So, he sh- who shall not be named. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, 
yeah, this is this is a big deal. I I I I I just wanted one of them. Uh, that would have made my uh, window complete. I I knew we couldn't got couldn't have gotten both of them. Um, but this was a really big deal, and I think even more than party, we do we or even more than our war, we've been lacking some creativity recently, which is why people have wanted our war recently. But I think in terms of cementing us as as no longer this weak team with Gabrielle at the center back, we actually now have a spine, which I think this team has lacked for so, so long. And Xhaka has never been the answer. Anyone who, who backed Xhaka, he's played, he, 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 I can't hate on him, but party is by far um, really what, what, what we need in that position. So I'm, I'm ecstatic. Um, there's also been, I mean, the Gwenduzi saga is crazy. I don't know if you've been following Twitter, but, uh, he, he joined uh, Hertha Berlin on a season-long loan, which I'm happy for him. I, I came to the conclusion also that he probably was my favorite player in 2018 on, on my team. I, I, I still love him. Uh, his antics at Brighton made me love him even more. Uh, and while, of course, he's a little bit of a brat, like, I, I just think we need that. And, but just to update Chaz and Ollie, uh, Ozil just posted this long tweet uh, saying, like, good luck. I, I already miss you. And those are just like the bond between two players have been clearly outed by Arteta. <laughs> I guess they're just major homies now. So, uh, yeah, hopefully he does well in Berlin. I wish him all uh, a lot of success. And I think, I, you know, another reason to watch Bundesliga as, as again, we'll go over some transfers. There's tons of, tons of stuff happening today. But, yeah, big, big yeah. deal. Big deal for Arsenal, us. on the same day, you lose Gunnersaurus. Yeah. You know, party brings in, but I actually want to touch on, and you know, we've got Wolves fan Ollie has just joined, so you know, we've got a. We'll, we'll get to Wolves. We'll get to Jorge Mendez FC in a minute, but I want to talk briefly about that Brighton game because that Brighton game I think actually changed the entire pattern of this transfer window because a couple of things happen. First, you know, Neil Mope fucks up Leno. And Leno goes down injured, which means that Martinez starts the rest of the season, which he wouldn't have done if Leno had been fit. I don't think there's a scenario in which you get 25 plus million for Martinez if he doesn't play the way he did at the end of that season. And that 25 million is also, I think, essential to completing the uh, party deal. So it's sort of crazy how that one game, you know, it leads to, again, Doozy getting kicked out, like, you know, the squad not tolerating him. But it also means that, in a weird way, your goalie getting injured means that Martinez can prove himself, and then you get the money from Villa that is then yeah. used to upgrade the squad. So it's a pretty insanely consequential game that, yeah. at the time, we were just memeing. <laughs> and it looks like Martinez is the better goalie of the two. Jesus. That yeah, Martinez is fucking balling. Uh, but yeah, like so. why Chelsea? Real quick, Chaz. Why you guys didn't go for him? I'll never understand. That that felt like such a such an easy, like eighteen what eighteen million pounds? I, I think Mendy was a little bit more, so Mendy didn't break the bank. And like I'm sure Mendy will be fine. But a clearly Premier League proven player that Arsenal were willing to get out the door felt like a just like a a, a no brainer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's also the question: Do Arsenal want to sell? their goalie to yeah. really rival. I mean, Petr Cech did go the other way famously. Um, but in a release clause situation, when Arsenal walk into the La Liga offices and hand them a check, 
not much Atletico can do. And by all reports, Atletico were very surprised that this happened, that they did not think <laughs> Arsenal would get the funds. Uh, I read a report that Simeone, in his call with Torreira, had been talking about how Torreira and Party complement each other. So, I mean, yep. a crazy day. We'll see. I mean, I, I, I'm really expecting this, that this could be confirmed in the next hour. So, um, We'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll try to keep on the call as long as possible. Um, but yeah, uh, and to go along <clears throat> with Gabriel, Gabriel, um, pretty good signing. Uh, I mean, Ollie, you're here, so we got to use this time. Wolves, Ruben Vinagre, out the door, going to our Turner's favorite club, Olympiacos. Indeed. Um, yeah, but overall, a pretty, a pretty crazy window for Wolves. Um, you know, Jorge Mendez FC kicking in full gear. Yep. Um, the Alex, you're right. The Telus did go to Man U, not Wolves. Uh, don't know why I ever doubted you on that one. But you know, stepping back for a minute, uh, it's been a rough start. It's been a you know a not great start of the season for Wolves. But how would you rate the transfer window so far? Uh, I, I think we've done a, a fairly good job. I think just keeping the squad small, as Nuno always talks about, um, but also making some some key moves. I think Semedo um, was a was an amazing move. Almost got his first goal um, in uh, Sunday's game. Um, I mean, we had uh, Ryan Atnori um, from Angers, or sorry if I mispronounced the name, but. Um, who is actually not Portuguese, so a uh, big plus for the fans. You know, we're all looking for that, um, you know, just a little diversification in the squad. Um, and uh, Hoy Bear, you know, from Liverpool, um, of Dutch descent, I'm pretty sure. Um, and he's a right back as well. So I think, yeah, firming up that um, right and left back uh, position is going to be good, just especially how we're playing. Um, and how I guess how the league's playing really, but um, super excited about those two signings and uh, excited for Semedo to get some some serious action. Uh, and both of them, both of them are um, Nori and Semedo, both have serious ability to score and be attacking. Um, I know everyone plays that Semedo meme of him getting beat um, all the time, but um, you know anyone's going to get beat by Davies. Uh, pretty much on the wing so not too worried excited about uh, him kind of taking hopefully taking more of a right back position allow Adama to get up on the wing a little more um, because I'm not a huge fan of Adama playing so far back I think he gets kind of caught in space um, and he needs he needs more space to run to the byline so um, overall I think we're doing good business um, sad to see Doherty leave uh, obviously um, but again, we got him for super cheap. So, uh, I like the business. I think we're doing a good job. Of course, biggest money uh, Wolves spent this year is Fabio Silva. Uh, it's sort of an unknown. I mean, personally, I'd never heard of him. Uh, obviously a highly rated young Portuguese player coming out of Porto. He's gotten a, a little bit of a run in, in the previous games. Obviously Jimenez is, has his position basically on lock, but you know, what, what do you think of that signing? You know, the big money spent yeah, on him. Yeah, I think that's good. I, I, I didn't know. At first, I kind of thought that was an indicator that Jimenez might be on the way out. 
Um, but now with this four-year uh, contract that he just signed, um, yeah, I, maybe it's a it's just kind of a Jota replacement. Um, maybe he, you know Nuno's hoping that there might be a little link-up play um, if we're changing around our formations. Um, but I'm excited to see what he can do. I think yeah, he's a he's a ton of promise, um, and uh, I think Morgan gives White's at Swansea now, so. Um, just uh, it's great to have some some class, some young class on the team, um, especially a little Portuguese, a little Portuguese fun. You know, Fabio, he's got some great flow, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think he'll do well under Nuno, especially. Yeah, Jota looked pretty. I mean, he's looked pretty good for Liverpool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's so funny. Yeah. Okay, okay, no, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but. Uh, no, but, I mean, but even despite the scoreline, but Jota, Jota, I don't think Jota played too well. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I know, but like he's, but like he played, yeah. That, that I think, shot. I think Jota, I mean, if we don't want to go there, we don't, I can wait, but I think he played like how he plays. Like he, he's got his flair, you know, and he'll, he'll make something happen if he gets the ball. He'll take some, some shots that, oh, they look good, you know, they're scary. But a lot of the time, the shots are, they're, Always rising, we'll say. Yeah, he's definitely no Mane. Like, you know, <laughs> we'll talk about what happened defensively with them. Um, but, I mean, just other leading transfer stories of the day. Uh, another team that had a pretty torrid time out there Sunday, uh, Manchester United, you know, get beat 6-1 by Tottenham. Uh, the red card is hilarious. Uh <laughs> That whole episode was like amazing. Uh, I hate Lamella, but I also hate United. So yeah, I was a little. Graham Sunis having his racist. Oh like, yeah, that was bad. Was also oh, just like uncalled Jesus, those guys. I mean, and you knew they were gonna say some shit like that. I just yeah. like, uh, like it's whatever. But we'll, 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 yeah, let's definitely talk about Man U's day. Cause... Yeah, but it seems like so. I mean, the story that has dominated the headlines for Man U, the entire transfer window has been Sancho, uh, who, you know, side note, was just at a party last night with Ben Chilwell and Tammy Abraham, like, getting coronavirus. So, uh, yeah, they, I think they all three had some Twitter apologies today. So that was pretty great. Mm. But, um, you know, they came out. They wanted their you know, people talking, big upgrades, get, finally get in that right wing that they've craved for so many years and not looking like it's going to happen. So today, you know, they announced Telus, who, you know, very solid left back, a definite upgrade over Luke Shaw. I think we can all agree. Um, Edison Cavani has joined for two years on a pretty ridiculous contract by all accounts. And they've spent Big money on Ahmad Diallo, young, very highly rated player out of Atalanta, who is not I, – I think he's going to join in the 2021 season. Uh, yeah. was, um, I think January, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's not uh, – <clears throat> I mean, good business on that front. I think that's a good signing. But On what front, oof. though? On what front? Like, just, like, the potential front? Like, I, 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 Diallo? I like it seemed like he had played two games for the actual, like, first team. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I mean, like, yeah, but, like, I, I don't think we can talk about that signing in relation to the other True. ones because they're, like, if, if Arsenal were to drop, like, a bunch of money on, like, 
some super sickly, highly rated uh, player from Atalanta. I, I, I can't talk about that right now. Like, once he plays, we'll see where that goes. Yeah, but when the, when a player commands a forty million year, I think it was forty million euro price tag. You have to be looking at it like, whoa, where the where could that money have gone somewhere else? What like, I mean, that's just what astounded me. I, I don't like look. If it was like a Guendouzi signing, Guendouzi was like six million. We never, no one had ever heard of him. That's whatever. But that's why I mean, it's a similar deal to the Saliba one, right? Right, roughly. In that it's a similar kid. one to the. Um... Well, oh, that aspect of the deal, yeah. But just, I was saying, just in terms of a youngster yeah, yeah. that no one really knew, but but commanded Fabio Silva, million. Fabio uh, Silva yeah. for Wolves. Yeah. But but that's what's ridiculous about this party. Just really really quickly is like, yeah, they just dropped forty mil on a kid. That's ten mil less than we were debating all summer on for a certified center. Like like yeah, I just like that's where where it's frustrating for me, but. Yeah, Man U had some crazy signings. Cavani, I'm sure Chaz uh, had the same flashbacks to the Falcao signing, to the Ibra signing. I mean, yeah, but like Ibra, Ibra at least like played like moderately well. I mean, Ibra played well against like not top six teams, but like that one was even different. Like they weren't like like this makes it's Falcao. It's 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 totally Falcao. It's but it's I think even worse than Falcao. Dude, like, and just so sad. I I, can't, I feel for Man U fans. Not that I like necessarily thought they deserved to sign Sanchez, but I mean, sign anything, anyone. I just think like like just some cool like I I don't know the the loans today. There are some players on the market today that were pretty impressive. Douglas Costa, uh, you know, like, like just tons of players that I I think they easily could have gone for that would have totally improved their team. I don't know if Cavani's the answer. I, I think he adds something different. I'm sure he'll score a few goals, but. It's just like it, it's total panic, total panic. Yeah, this gives um, me. I mean, obviously, very different positions, um, but just similar vibe level to uh, the Kepa signing when Chelsea made it. Like, it's obviously very different, but just it's very yeah. similar. It's like, oh my god, we have a hole. Oh, what are we gonna do? Like, like actually, there's no real good comparison, but I think Falcao yeah. is a good one, and it's you know, it's like a Lukaku replacement. That's like way worse than Lukaku. Like a year and a half after they were like, "We're not going to get a replacement for Lukaku. We don't need one." And then at the yeah. same time, it's like watching United play. The problem yeah. is not the attack. Like the yeah. attack is not perfect. Um, they don't have like the proven like target goal scorer, but like. These defense is in shambles. Like, they're really, like, well, we got, we I don't know if you guys saw. I think we should just, we, yeah, we, we don't need to make it that separate. Let's just, yeah, let's no, do. we got to talk about this game. Okay. The first goal, the when Harry Maguire, like, straight up tackles Luke Shaw, like, pulls down him down when he's trying to get the ball. Just hilarious. It's like, look, England are, you know, we've talked a lot about how sick their national team is. Their defense at this point is like chill out left back. And then Joe Gomez, Kerry Maguire, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and Jordan Pickford. Those last four names, not exactly inspiring a lot of confidence in the England national team. You know, it's coming home. But... He'll never leave. He'll never Mateo, leave. Mateo's chanting that. <laughs> but yeah, 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 it was despicable. 
Yeah, it was definitely a tough day to do homework on Sunday. That That's my takeaway. It's just like watching the Arsenal game, which we don't even need to talk about. Just a bad game. We won. Lucky. But, the, but like trying to do work after that, hyped that like I had gotten my game out of the way. And just seeing just see like, like Twitter, just everything, just like, huh, two, one, eight <laughs> And just the scenes of just like, then putting the game on, like, yeah, I don't know. Harry Kane looked ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it was it was a it was an incredible game to watch. An incredible game to watch. Yeah. So let's talk United though. Um, always at the wheel. Uh, all the United fans talking mad shit over the summer. You know they went on a nice little run of form at the end of last season, and this season they've looked bad. They've looked like. They don't know what they're doing offensively. And then as soon as there's a counterattack, this team just crumbles. Harry Maguire, um, I mean, 80 million. 80 million for that guy. Um, Lester, and Bailly. Like, well, Bailly wasn't cheap. I remember when that dude came in. <laughs> like, yeah. all these dudes have commanded. Like, it's not like some of these guys are homegrown. Like, if anything, Chris Smalling might be their best center back, and they just got rid of him. Yeah. So, they signed like, Bailly yeah. for 30 million pounds in 2016. Yeah, and then what? Lindelof was another at least 30, 40. I remember when he came from uh, Benfica or whatever. And, or, and, or, and Benfica. 30, 35 million yeah. euros. So, you know, Jesus. We get, we get memed for Mustafi, which we deserve. Mustafi was like 30 million. But, like, you know, like, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy. It crazy. also, I think it shapes that you know, we talk, like, a lot of United fans are understandably like, why are we trying, like, why are we talking about spending all this money on the attack when we need to buy a center back? But, I mean, as those transfer fees show you, the problem isn't recruitment in terms of paying money to get players. It's that they're getting the wrong players or there's just something in the team that is just not going, like, right. And I think this is also true of Manchester City because – Manchester City have spent like a nation, like a defense budget. Like, you know, they've spent like 500 fucking million dollars on their defense since Pep took over. And they're giving up five goals to Leicester. They're incredibly porous. They're, you know, going out in the UCL against Lyon. Um, this Diaz deal is, uh, you know, I mean, like, look, he could be really good, but they're putting out. 68 million euros for this guy. Um, you know, Otamendi is going the other way. But just an incredible amount of money being spent on defenders summer after summer after summer with, like, very little defensive improvement. So it, it's hard to, at, at the same time, say, like, they should be spending money in other places when it's, instead it's like, who are you spending money on? Because it's obviously not working. Yeah. Do you yeah. think it's a do you think it's a pep tactics problem though, Charles, or do you think it's just like misspent money and just no chemistry? I mean, watching like, I think this city team play the worst football out of any city team that Pep has had, except maybe the first one, the like 2016-17, his first season there. It's this downside, and I think the big factor that we talk about that we need to talk about is the decline of Fernandinho. Because for those title seasons, 
Fernandinho was like literally one of the best midfielders in the world. He was constantly tackling. He was, you know, always in the right place. Um, and they don't have that screen anymore. So I think that's really affecting them. I think uh, the high press gets caught out. And they get countered easily. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't I know. Think I, I it has to come down to just – and this is why it's so nice. Again, we'll, we'll talk about it. But the Liverpool result as well is I, I think it's just that finally last year we really saw how truly competitive the Premier League is. And, of course, there were the outliers, the Norwiches, uh, the, the Bournemouths that were, were awful. But, but every and also the Liverpool. Every team, every team was spending tons of money. The top eight looked like nothing we'd ever seen before. Sheffield – broken like it was ridiculous Leicester was again top four so I think this year Wolves were incredible don't want to leave out your boys of course uh but like I think this year again it it, it's just just again showing that I don't even know if it's defenses I just think every Premier League team is incredibly good and has on can on their day beat anyone roughly I mean especially with with the the Villa game and I think the Villa game again we'll go into it or if we want to just go into it now, Chaz, I mean, I feel like yeah, let's run it. Let's run it. it. But, but Liverpool's seven-two defeat to Aston Villa uh, is even more remarkable because you can't. Uh, at least with City, you can be like, yeah. I mean, Laporte was, or I guess against Leicester, Laporte wasn't playing. Uh, it was Ake, and who's the other? Was it Garcia or was it Fernandinho? I think it was Garcia. I think it was Garcia. No. Yeah, who like no offense has not really proved himself. So no, like, he was like, yeah, yeah. like. Basically, the point is, I mean, Ake's supposed to be good, and I'm sure he'll he'll be fine. But like, you you can still draw question marks in that in their defense, especially with Mendy playing in the left back. Um, but with this Liverpool team, this is a team. This is a team. The, the team of the year in Europe has three out of the four defenders. The three out of the four defenders are are supposed to be the three best. You know, the best right back in the world, the best left back in the world, and the best the best center back in the world. And they literally got turned over and again i think you can more point liverpool's loss and and lost by that much to teams just finally not finally but like just like it uh, you know klopp's resistance towards breaking the high line is ridiculous i mean it so, was yeah. so easy and, and and that's what's frustrating watching you know arsenal lose 3-1 to liverpool the week before is just that I don't understand. I mean, I'd hope Aubameyang's better than Ollie Watkins, whether he's faster or just better at shooting. Like, I, I'd hope that, that that over the through ball should have been on that entire game. And maybe we just don't have a playmaker like, God, like Ross Barkley or, dare I say, Johnny McGinn uh, to feed the balls. Like, I, I guess maybe that's why we couldn't figure it out. But, I, I mean, and, and Liverpool looked a lot better against Arsenal. But, I don't know. I, I just think that shows – that I don't even know if it's a personnel issue. I just think the Premier League is is a league where if you if you have an off day and another team has an on day, anyone can have an awful game. And 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 not to back up my boy Louise, but it's the same thing. Louise can have an off day, and he looks literally like he could be playing in League Three, but he'll have an on day and look like you know he's an FA Cup finalist uh, or FA Cup winner. So. I just think it's – I think it's the league. I think the league is incredible. I think with, with you know, with uh, West Ham turning over Leicester and uh, and Wolves back-to-back 3-0 wins, 
and then you know losing to us and losing to Newcastle the first two weeks like that's unheard of I, I thought West Ham were shot you know gonna be relegation uh was gonna be you know they they had their name written all over relegation and now they they're turning over big teams so I don't know I, I just think I think the league's gonna be crazy season not that that's controversial. <laughs> I actually want to go back to the Arsenal game uh, pretty quickly because after the game, you know, Klopp is getting interviewed on Sky Sports and uh, Roy Keane says, had said something about their sloppy performance, like sloppy press. Yeah. Klopp is like, what are you talking about? That wasn't sloppy. You know, that was basically perfect. Like, what are you talking about? And what Keane was referring to was the few chances that Lacazette had where they caught out the high press. And to go from that to then seeing what happened against Villa, where the press was disjointed and almost every goal looked the same. And they should have scored more. Like, they really oh should have. Like, the they were just – The Barkley chance. Another easy one. Yeah, like, you know, obviously the first goal is, like, the Adrian mistake. And then – but he had some saves on breakaways. They should have made more. You know, they get a lot of deflections, but they were just dominant with 30% possession. And I think what it speaks to is, I don't know, like, I, I agree with you about the parity of the league, but the difference isn't that much more insane than last year. And the, I think what's really happening, and I think we're seeing this with all teams that play a high press, is that for some reason, the lack of preseason and – I just hypothesizing here that the lack of preseason, whether that means that a lack of fitness, a lack of drilling, whatever it may be, the lines are just fucked. Like, you know, almost all of Villa's chances come between the, in the right channel between Joe Gomez and Alexander Arnold. They were always like, you know, a few steps apart. And if you watch that Liverpool team from last year, when they're playing the high press, those dudes are like attached with like a iron rod at the hip. Like they move in total synchrony. You know, when Trent pushes up, you know, Fabinho or whoever would drop back, form the three at the back line and send the fullbacks forward. And it was just perfect. And what we saw against Villa was just the total breakdown of the system. All credit to Villa, an amazing performance, but like, a total exposing of that high press and you know, their next game, Liverpool's next game, I'm pretty sure is against Everton. So, you know, coffees are winning the league. Yeah. <laughs> league. I mean, yeah, we can like, I don't know if anyone, does anyone have anything more to say about the Villa Liverpool game? Yeah. I just think that jump Joe Gomez looks particularly bad. Mm-hmm. And I think Trent, as you were saying, used to be on, on a metal rod with the, maybe Joe Gomez or whoever was next to him. But he, I mean, he wasn't really even in the back. Like most of the, in the most of, during most of the goals, he was like trying to work that high press, but like way up on the right side and not even like really in frame for a lot of these goals. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, between that and watching like Pogba jog back, as every um, goal Pogba Aurier, was dude he was standing on the edge of the box oh my god man just got burned by Aurier like four times um 
I mean, that was United looked really say, bad too. That pass by Hoyer for Oyer's goal the best pass I've ever seen it like in a minute. I I I I was I really wanted to hate that guy, and he was did not perform in his first few performances for me. But that was a ridiculous pass, like a rid. I sorry, Chris would be. I'm the only saying because Chris isn't here because <laughs> I don't want him to gain any more confidence than he did from from uh, Sunday. But yeah, what a crazy week! What a crazy weekend, especially having followed like having followed the Premier League for so long, and and like. As an Arsenal fan, constantly getting reminded of the 8-2 defeat to Man U at Old Trafford. That is all that Man U fans throw at us. For the past, like, literally, every time we beat them, it's just like 8-2. They send the same shot of the 8-2 scoreline at Old Trafford. And that was against, a, like, a, one of Fergie's best, tra- you know, Man U teams against a bad Arsenal team. Like, we, we deserve to lose. But, you know... I, I think the six one you can always caveat it with the, the red card, which I, again I don't think should have been a red card. But the Liverpool one, I mean, to a team that literally was points like points away from relegation, and and for it to be that bad against an I just I I, I literally have never seen anything like that, and and I hope it goes down. I hope Liverpool fans never hear the end of it because that was embarrassing. Yeah, and I mean credit to Villa who put together a pretty solid transfer window. You know, I think biggest yeah. win is obviously you keep Jack Grealish. Uh, he's I feel like every transfer window for the past five years, there's been talk of him moving, but he signs a new deal. Ollie Watkins uh, bring in obviously looks really good. Ross Barkley, you know, I know like we should talk him when he's on Chelsea. He's like. A very solid player for that position, especially yeah, on Villa. For that like team too. Yeah. for that team, especially they styles are complimentary. Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting a transfer. I mean, Martinez, Martinez. Oh yeah, Martinez, yeah. obviously, yeah. And then bringing in like a super solid goalie, um, who is, I mean, arguably better than Leno. Uh, but at this point, looks super on fire, super on fire. <laughs> they also bring in Matty Cash, a right back. Yeah. Um, so they've got in, you know, a fair amount of business done. And I mean, I think that's testament to what you're saying, Turner, is the parity on the league now that Villa points away from getting relegated, go out there and drop like 65 million in the transfer window, bringing up players from the championship, but also bringing in players from other Premier League teams. And they're um, undefeated. Yeah, they're, they're looking really good. Yeah. It's uh, Everton and Villa. Who would have yeah. thought it? I um, mean, let's talk toffees, though, for a second, because, um, like, what the fuck? <laughs> they look – like, Everton are good. Everton are fun. Uh, they're, like, playing really well. Um, I, I never thought I'd see James Rodriguez uh, rocking the blue of the Merseyside. Um, but, like – you know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin looks like the best striker in the Premier League. So I don't know if you guys have watched a lot of Everton, but if you have, what have you made of their insanely hot start and are they going to win the league? <laughs> I, I feel like at least, I mean, obviously I'm a new Premier League supporter, but I feel like at least when I was coming into knowing the Premier League, like Everton was on my radar for potential team picks only because it seemed like they had a lot of hype and they were spending money in the off season, like at least two years ago, definitely. And I think last year as well, like really trying to make a team that can compete 
with their neighbors and with the rest of the league. And it just didn't really seem to come together. And I was like, almost like felt kind of bad for them. I was like, you guys are spending bread and not really coming up with anything. But then they're super fun this year. Yeah. And as you're saying, Calvert Lewin looking clean. Hamez, obviously, creepy looking eyes, but um, making stuff happen with them um, up and down the pitch. So, yeah, they're super fun to watch. Yeah. Shout out, real quick shout out to uh, my boy, Andrew Lathrop, who's been a toffee since middle school, which you got to give that dude a lot of credit. He, in middle school, we would. And we were in six. He picked that team when he was in fifth grade, and we would watch every Everton Arsenal game. I'd sleep over at his house, but like the night before, and and those games were always tough. That was back when Everton were like you know Fellaini days, uh, Mikel Arteta, uh, you know Big Leighton Baines was like ridiculous. Same with Coleman. I mean, those were, were so fun to watch that Everton team, especially with Fellaini, uh, and uh, and I think I'm missing another classic. Uh, Stephen Pienaar, oh Tim Cahill, well, Pienaar, Tim, Tim Cahill. Cahill. No, but there was like Fellaini and and some like some other center mid or something. I don't know who I'm missing. Anyway, uh, and then yeah, last season was insanely disappointing. Uh, they spent a ton of money and, and played awfully. It was like the first time I was like ever turned down and out. And I think Andrew stopped watching games week four, and now <laughs> he's finally back into it. Uh, and 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 Everton are are looking really good, and I think it shows. Part of my excitement for party is it shows how investment in the midfield really can solve a lot of issues, even when your back line isn't that solid. As I would not say I rated either Yuri Mina or Roy or uh, Roy Michael Keane, uh, Michael Keane, <laughs> Roy Keane, uh, Michael Keane at all before this, right? I mean, I, I don't know. They were shock- They were shocking at times last year. So um, for that partnership to be working, I think only lays testament to what's in front of them, which is Allen and Ducore doing all the hard work. Um, and, and shout yeah, out, to, you know, a, shout out Tom Davies, who's giving Allen a run for Tom his Davies. money. Shout, yeah, yeah, and and uh, you know, I'm trying to trade Bale for Calvert Lewin. Hit me up in the DMs. <laughs> uh, I need that man. But uh, yeah, wow, what a, what a, what a team to watch, and hopefully it continues. I, I you know, uh, the Liverpool game will surely be the only game I I I other than the Arsenal game that I will be watching, and I think we all will be watching because especially with how they got exposed, it would be it would be such a statement. If anything, I'm just disappointed that Everton fans can't be in the stadium, especially after all the shit they probably heard while, when Liverpool won the trophy and how many years it's not been. I'm sure that got under their skin. So now uh, for them to be four, four wins out of four and, you know, and who knows what will be the result uh, against Liverpool, but I can only imagine how, how crazy uh, – that stadium would get if, if, if Everton were able to, to beat them. So, uh, yeah, it's also just fun to see Liverpool beat like, like trash. That, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did I not really want to get away with that. Even um, though those kits are looking clean. Dude, they're so clean, and I will always give that to them. Uh, Hayes and, and ZB with his streetwear. Noah, <laughs> I got them on that. But, but that is – yeah, yeah, I, I can't stand that team. And I'm just glad it's not a one-horse race. That was all we were talking about a week ago when City lost 5-2 to Leicester. It was like Liverpool are going to win the Liverpool, Liverpool going to win the title. And they still might, but like now I it's think not going to be easy. That, yeah, that that they can be exposed. And teams now literally have uh, a lecture. Like the the game, the Villa game will be a lecture that teams will just 
watch before before their game and be like, all right, some homie just get enough space, get some do with pace. And and every team has has you know uh, players that can expose them. So yeah, it's gonna be a, dude. It's gonna be it's gonna be the most ridiculous season I I, I think in recent memories. I, I just hope it pans out like it has these first yeah. four weeks because I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Um, do, you think, do you think the lack of fans has modified tactics in, in any way? You know what I mean? Like, because I feel like that, like, I am trying to find common denominators between this season being crazy and past seasons. And like, that's just one that's kind of sticking in my mind. It's just, yeah. lack of fans. I think partly is that, you know, one factor we've got to talk about is how managerial strength is now dispersed down the table as well. Like Carlo Ancelotti is managing Everton. Like that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I think the fans thing has to be a factor in some essence. And I think everyone is trying to figure out how it's a factor. And one interesting thing I read was that, you know, is there perhaps more license to go for it? Because if you're Villa, you know, and you go for that game, and you lose, and you lose by, like, attacking yada yada, and you get beat, like, 4-0, 5-0, does that, in front of your own fans, is that sort of, like, internally, even if the manager isn't saying, like, we're doing this, it's got to be some form of inhibitor. Like, we don't want to, like, get embarrassed mm. on our home soil. And it's the same thing as, like, going to Anfield. It's, like, it, mm. like, that's sort of scary. So maybe it's just, like, fuck it. Like, let's just go try to win – and doing that. Like, I don't think that can explain it all, but I certainly think it's affecting the way people are playing because, I mean, look, no matter how professional these guys are, no matter how focused in, dialed in, you know, these dudes are the top of their craft, you know, 45,000 people on their feet screaming has to do something. It just has to do something to like the way you interact with those around you. It has to do with something the way you feel inside. So, I mean, I think that's like the million dollar question is, uh, you know, and I obviously wish fans were there to see some of these games. Like imagine if the Villa fans were there for this Liverpool game, like that would have been yeah. insane. Uh, yeah, I can't even imagine. I can't. Oh my God. Yeah. And me, I, I just feel like that speaks to that point. Like it's like unimaginable, you know what I mean? Because I feel like it's less, like significantly less likely. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll be crazy when fans are reintroduced. I don't even – I won't remember – I don't remember that. I, I, it's been so long, I feel like, like that. Uh, you know, like, for example, just a little quote. It, like, definitely hurt that fans weren't there to see Pepe score that goal against Sheffield. Like, that was such a big I, – I was, like, I wanted to hear a reaction to that and to hear, like, the semi-delayed crowd noise of, like, yeah, <laughs> like when he slid it in the bottom left, it was, it was just tough because, like, you definitely. I just wanted, like, some. You know, you love. I don't know the the, the noise, the the, the camera kind of shaking because, like, the stadium's getting excited. It's it's definitely a part of the experience that uh, we're missing out on. But yeah, I I think you. Know, that's an astute point, uh, Charles. The the kind of like kind of willing to somewhat go for it because there's no reaction if it doesn't work out um and yeah i think i think it's definitely helped teams um but i also think football is football like when when sheffield scored uh the the 
the goal and then you know like you'd expect in the if, if it was a full stadium the Sheffield away fans would have put so much pressure on Arsenal and it, but the game still panned out as if the away fans were there we gave the, we kept kicking the ball away and they had like 10 you know their entire possession for the half was essentially our last 10 minutes when we were scared out of our minds so I feel like it's it's both but um yeah, it's definitely definitely crazy. You know, the the big thing is just that the the smaller teams wouldn't be able to have that much of an atmosphere, and when the the when the big teams go to the smaller teams, um, that that home advantage wouldn't be a thing. But clearly, Villa said that 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 doesn't matter to them; they can still do it without the fans. So, we'll see. I don't know when to. I mean, what do you even think the second half of the season will have some some capacity? Because they were saying October third, like the 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 game against Sheffield was supposed to be Arsenal's first game with, I think like. 25% capacity. So I, I'm just I feel like maybe in the in the spring like like January and February there might be some some capacity games but who knows. I mean of course the you know NFL's already got like their stadiums 50% full college so, stadiums. Is that true? Yeah. Oh my god. So have, have, dude, Florida like, is going to end. Yeah. <laughs> like the Florida college teams too are like at like 60% capacity. Like if you watch it it literally looks like hey not well attended pre yeah it just yeah. like looks totally normal it's insane <laughs> well the craziest one was was the first nfl game of the season when like the chiefs played the texans and all the player like not only was i stand there were fans but then the first thing you heard from the fans was them booing the players taking if that isn't more representative of our country right now i mean it was just incredible just like uh uh, and like the announcers, like you know, having been talked about Black Lives Matter for like 20 minutes, these two white dudes like clearly had a quota on how much time they had to talk about it, which like I, I totally respect. And then <laughs> the first time like the fans get to like share their opinions, it's a whole stadium boo when like they they say let's stand in respect of the of uh of George Floyd. Or it was like it was just it wasn't even like of George Floyd. It was literally just like. Uh, we're we're taking a moment. It was when they. It's also when they for, like walked. Yeah. It wasn't even the knee so much. Oh yeah, like they weren't even kneeing. They were holding hands. It was holding. It was like walking arms. It was a moment of yeah. silence, though. That was the Jesus Christ. Was a moment of silence yeah. that people were purposely not only disrespecting but then booing. Oh God. Anyway, that, I mean, American well, politics is a whole other podcast. You'll see. Us yeah, I mean, the one thing. Yeah, the one thing I'll say about the fans returning to England is, I mean regrettably coronavirus in europe is not looking too hot right now um so you know cases are spiking all across the continent um and obviously if things relock down we're not like i mean i think the virus decides the time frame but the the same thing it's like uh, let's not give too much credit to boris johnson who's out here like yesterday talking about go to the movie theater to support your local cinema and all of these like you know, small football clubs, you know, the Premier League ones aside, the ones in the lower levels who are about to die way because yeah. you know, gate revenue is at huge for them in a way that it's not for the Premier League teams. Yeah. Um, they're like... Barring Manchester we, United. Yeah. We can't have like 20%. Um, we can't have 20% attendance outside. Like, what are we doing here? But yeah. What a time. Uh, crazy. Crazy. So and now we got an international break. To hear, like, how how the announcers are talking about – because I think there's – every time in the Premier League when 
players take a knee at the beginning of the game, there's like an acknowledgement of it, right? But like, I feel like it's kind of slowly been changing, or at least I've been like hearing like different kind of iterations. Like before it was like players are taking a knee in, you know, like correspondence with the George Floyd protests and Black Lives Matter movement. But now it's like, I heard against, I think it was in the Wolves game, the announcer said, they're taking a knee in support of the Premier League's end to racism campaign. It's like, I don't, they're not supporting the Premier League's campaign. Like they're, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, so I just thought that was interesting. I mean, they got rid of Black Lives Matter on the armband and they now say like, say no to racism uh, because apparently Black Lives Matter is too controversial. Of course, yeah. Bad shit, really bad shit. All right. Um, I have to bid you all adieu. Yeah, for the I mean, for those listening, Turner. I mean, Ollie's now put on a scarf, looking very main. Um, but yeah, I, regrettably, party hasn't been confirmed uh, since we started talking. But I'm sure he will be, or we will make fun of Turner until the day that we die. Um, but um, outside of that, I think we'll definitely be back talking soon. Great game of great week of games um following the international break which is annoyingly interrupting everything um but i think we'll talk transfers again soon thanks so much for joining ollie um cheers turner always a pleasure go arsenal um in the transfer window but you know glad you had a good day so thank you thank you i mean it does help you know i've just been chilling but yeah we know you have we've given you your props already you don't need any don't need any can't get the ego too big thank you all for listening subscribe and comment on and give us a review on apple podcasts and send Um, in your fan mail yeah send in your fan mail uh ask us for one of our addresses ollie will be the designated fan mail uh recipient uh, uh, my address is 420 Sunnyside, Wolverhampton Road. <laughs> <laughs> International postage not included. Well, yeah. thank you all so much for listening and have a good one.